This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And follow along with us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report online. Of course, our email address is contact at Your Tech Report.com. I am Marco Flalo, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield. You are joined by me today. An exciting show lined up, Mitchell. We've got a brand new giveaway. If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel already, check it out because you're going to want to find out how you can get in on the Disney Treasures subscription box from our friends over at Funko. You know what? You do it for the pop vinyls. Everyone loves the pop vinyl That's figures. That's exactly why I do it. But you know what? They also make, I, I can't tell you, I get complimented on the T-shirts that are in my, you know, because I have, you know, we have all the subscriptions, you know, the Marvel one, we have the, uh, the Star Wars one, and the DC one. They all come with great T-shirts, and they're all cotton, and they look fantastic. Fantabulous. And they um, do look good. If you want to hear more about that, by the way, we did speak to uh, Funko's Mark Robin a couple weeks. We will, yes, we uh, did. We will link to that in our social media, so you can take a listen to hear all about the Disney Treasures box, because it's more than just, you know, your average, everyday Disney. It's about the theme parks, and yeah. that's and that people are obsessed with that, so it's really, really cool. That. Check YouTube.com slash Report online for all the details on how to enter to win that one-year subscription. Very cool show lined up for you. Mitchell had an opportunity to Good down to a AT&T store of the future. We're going to tell you all about that with him and Meredith Red. Plus, check out YouTube for a walkthrough. We're going to speak to the CEO of a company that I'm sure you've heard of, Mitchell. This company is Iridium. They've yes. been doing satellite phones for quite some time. Their technology is in a wide array of devices, and we're going to catch up with uh, Matt Desch, their CEO, and find out all about their new satellite constellation. Sounds techy, doesn't it? But it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. It, it, it sounds really fancy. But you, you know, uh, I know we have these great interviews lined up, but you know what I'm excited about, Mark, and we don't really do enough of anymore? News. We, we have news. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of gadgets and technology in the news. And there we have is. so many interviews and so many giveaways. We don't always have time to give all the latest news. But you know what? We were. That's how we started. News is and in our blood. that's how we're going to be give today. Us some news. Yes, do it, darn it. Let's hear the news. Can I mention one more thing? We're doing the Best Buy Review of the Month this week. Oh. <clears throat> the P uh, PlayStation VR. So uh, that yes, is all coming up review. on this week's show. Mitchell Whitfield, um, this is Galaxy S8 week. Samsung's yes. Galaxy, Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus smartphone is now available and shipping in most places. Um, you were in the AT&T store of the future. You obviously had yes. a chance to get handsy with one of these devices. Tell people what they can expect other than this glorious screen. Uh, well, first of all, you know, we will also, uh, later on today, I will get my unit in hand. So next week, we will have our first real full-on hands-on. First of all, it, you say, aside from the screen, it's hard to get past that screen because that screen is absolutely stunning. And the size of the screen, both in the Plus and the regular size phone, uh, the fact that you can have that screen size in a device that fits easily in your hand. You know what I really like? Uh, the uh, My iPhone 7 Plus, okay? I, I love it. It's a great phone. But I still and I have some pretty big mitts. Okay, I have some pretty big hands and still reaching across the device with my thumb because it's so wide and so thick because it has the big bezels on the side of it. It's hard to reach across as big and as glorious as the S8 screen is. And I'm talking both models. You can still reach across with the thumb on that giant display, which I absolutely love. Uh, It is fast. It is beautiful. Uh, In terms of performance, in terms of audio quality, excellent. The internal speaker, the external speaker must have gotten a boost because, you know, in the past, I've said in the past, Samsung's don't necessarily have the best external speaker. Not the the case anymore. It sounds stunning. 
The one knock that people are giving it, though, and I didn't really have the issue, but there's always this knock, is because they had to reposition the fingerprint sensor on the back. It's not exactly dead center. I think the camera is dead center, so the fingerprint sensor is sort of off center, and people are hitting the camera with their finger instead, so that sort of has been causing some issue. So there's one knock that people have been saying, and again, I'll have some hands-on time with it. I'll see if I can train myself to know where to go, and I'm not, you know, blurring my camera lens every five seconds. Otherwise, everyone's saying this is the device. Isn't it funny? First was Google Pixel. This is the device to beat. LG G6, we both love this phone. Now everyone's saying that, you know, the S8, oh, this is the one to beat. It, and who's the winner in the end? Every consumer buying a new phone. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll find out uh, depending on the consumer's response and feedback. And to answer the question that I've been getting a lot by email and on social media, so far the battery does not explode, so you don't, don't have to worry about that. Um, it's a non-exploding device. Non-exploding device. Some news from Google this week. Google Home, which is their home assistant uh, speaker, kind of Alexa competitor, or Amazon Echo competitor, is now able to recognize up to six separate Google accounts. You can actually train it so that in your household, you can have multiple people, you know, you can, you can yell and say, hey, play this from my library, and I can say, hey, play this from my library, and Google Home will actually know who is speaking to it. You have to go through a little bit of a training process to really get her to recognize, I always say her, get her to recognize your voice. But uh, <laughs> She's a her. It's a very cool, I don't know, I think it's something that will eventually make its way onto things like the Echo. And, and if people, you know, once again, people tend to think things like this, Mark, are a gimmicky sort of addition, uh, a gimmicky bullet point to add on to a feature list. But when you think about it, if you have multiple multiple people in a home that have their own Google accounts, that have their own Google calendars, hey, what 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 appointment? What what's my nine a.m. appointment? You don't have to say, yeah. hi, this is Mitchell, or hi, this is Mark, or whoever it is. It'll just know your voice and tell you what your appointments are. So there are practical applications. Apple's iWork, iMovie, GarageBand, all free now for all iOS and Mac users. Now, if you remember, these used to be $27 purchases to people with a, a Mac from an older generation, and they finally made it free for users who bought a newer device. It's now free across the board. I think what they realize is that there's not many of these legacy devices still on the market, so why on earth are we making anybody pay for these if everybody else is getting it for free? It's now a free download. Go redeem that. Get that in your account. These are great tools, a great option. A, you know, It gives you a great competitive advantage over people who still pay for Microsoft service. This is a terrible analogy, Mark, but you know somebody that has passed away and you hear, oh, so-and-so passed away oh and you God, thought, where are you going oh, with I, this? Thought, I thought they passed away five years ago. I mean, it's terrible. People feel that when it comes, here's the horrible analogy I'm making. I thought this was free years ago. That tells you how long it's been since I've used these products or tried to download them on my newer devices. That's really sad. But that's great. Yay, it's free. My, 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 on Microsoft's <laughs> side, they released a new app called To Do. This is a preview slash beta app, which is kind of interesting and kind of perturbing at the same time because Why? Microsoft bought Wonderlist a couple years ago, and they've okay. con- continually been updating Wonderlist, and Wonderlist is very well integrated into Outlook and, and very, you know, very integrated there, yet to launch their own to-do list, which has a, a similar feature set, seems a little odd to me. It makes me wonder if eventually Wonderlist will just roll into this to-do app, but so far um, the app is kind of cool. It really helps you prioritize your day in a way that other apps haven't really focused on getting things done. So wait, it's still acting as an autonomous app instead of a fully integrated app? Is yes, that what you're completely. Saying? Absolutely. 100% autonomous. Well, why are they doing... Okay. All right. That's yeah, interesting. Well, that's, that's the question because we don't really know. Because that's the point of buying something is to integrate it into your ecosystem, right? That's uh, why you buy yeah, it. Yeah. You would, you would think that, wouldn't you? One would think that, yes. Other world computing. OWC, oh. Mitchell. We, Ooh, uh, how we, we spoke them. to uh, their uh, president, Larry O'Connor, a couple weeks ago. They have officially yesterday debuted their new Thunderbolt 3 products, including SSDs, PCI expansion slots, uh, 6-bay RAID, external GPU, plus let's not forget that Thunderbolt 3 dock that we're going to be getting in the next couple weeks. Uh, Let me tell you something. If you're a person that's been complaining about the dongle life with your new MacBook Pro or any other USB-C-only device, there's only one thing I know, one device that will have every connectivity issue issue solved for you, and that is the Thunderbolt 3 dock from OWC. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report still to come on this show. Our Best Buy review of the month, the PlayStation VR. Iridium CEO Matt Desch is going to tell us all about their company. And Mitchell is about to walk into that AT&T store of the future. Follow us on YouTube, too. It is your tech report. There's more your tech report after this.
This is your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Marco Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you on Twitter. We are at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash your tech report online. If you've been to our YouTube channel lately, you know that Mitchell had the opportunity to walk through an AT&T store of the future in Southern California. Not only did he take some cool video you can check out on our YouTube channel, but he also had the opportunity to have a conversation with AT&T's very own Meredith Red in store. Okay, we haven't we haven't done a remote piece on your tech report in a while, so it's only appropriate that the first one we've done in a while takes place not just in AT&T store, but it's an AT&T. Now, by the way, I'm with Meredith Red. Say, say, say something nice to the people, will you? Hello, y'all. <laughs> Hello, y'all. So we're not just in an AT&T store. We are in an AT&T store of the future. So for the average person that is used to going to their local AT&T store, which is great, I have a couple near me. They're great. I can get my phones, accessories. But what makes the AT&T store? Because it looks amazing. So how can we translate how amazing this place is? People can't see it on the radio. How can we translate the experience here at this store to people that are listening? Did I put you on the spot? You totally did. That's what I'm here for. But I would describe it as, in one word, as interactive. Yes. Would you agree with me on that? Absolutely. It's just gorgeous. The design is gorgeous. And it basically just flows. So when you walk in, you normally see like a big guitar there. And you're like, what? And you're just drawn to the guitar. (laughs) Or the Taylor Swift life-size. The life-size Taylor Swift. Taylor yes. Swift. You By the way, she's there. been eyeing me from the second I came in I the noticed store. that, and I noticed kind of that you've yeah. kind of been eyeing her back, mm-hmm. though. Don't lie. Well, that's fine. My wife, my wife gets it. I know. She totally does. So basically, you're drawn to the guitar, and so you go over there, and it's it's an audio extravaganza, well, if you will. Let me let me stop you right here. Okay, because No, 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 no. But there's a reason for it. So the average AT&T store would have a nice selection of audio products. Absolutely. You come in here, you see that. Is that a Fender guitar? It looks like a Fender. I'm not sure. I'm not, my, my friend knows guitars. I don't. It looks like a Fender guitar. We'll go with that. And you're drawn to that, but then you see not just a couple of headphones, you see a full selection of the LG wireless Bluetooth, you see Beats wired and wireless, I see a Bose portable speaker, I see like there's a full department here it's a plethora. of just audio. So, it's a plethora. Oh, you had to go SAT on me, didn't I you? I totally did, yeah, I pulled I that right from my $5 word. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing, literally there's everything here, there's everything you could want right in this store. No, it's beautiful, and and you, you nailed it when you said interactive, because the difference is, and one of the things we talk about on your tech report, you know, on your tech report radio, shameless plug, is uh, the, we're always blown away by the variety of services, not just products that AT and T offers. And the nice thing about having a store of the future. And how many in, in California or in Los Angeles? There's about seven of them so far. In LA, we have about seven, or yeah, about seven in okay. in, in, in LA proper. Hopefully, more to come because this is it's incredible here. I'm very jealous that I don't have one in Woodland Hills. I know I keep saying that. I'd like one in Woodland Hills. AT and T, if you're listening, please heed my words. Um, but you guys can leverage these great assets you have, such as DirecTV. Yes. And I'm looking to our right. You can't see, but we can. There's a whole beautiful wall, the DirecTV set up, and there's a couch there. Well, you know, we want people to feel at home here. Right. I mean, that's the number one priority. You are family at AT&T. You're at home at AT&T. When you come in and you want to watch a little TV, we've got a couch. We, you know, sit back, enjoy the show a little bit. But, you know, while you're at home, you might want to protect your home. So right next door, of course, is... You know, home security, home security, home so. automation. Because mm-hmm. and, and Meredith's right, directly to the left of that, we have a totally separate area of the store that's dedicated to smart locks, mm-hmm. uh, smart cameras, uh, smart thermostats. So anything that you want to do uh, regarding home security, you can get set up. And this is the beauty: you don't have to go to a different place online because people are used to having to go to different places for different right. things. If I'm going to ATT, I'll get my phone, but it's not like that anymore. No, you can get a whole variety of stuff here. I mean, you can walk in here and like pretty much bundle everything. I mean, we have. Apple TVs here, so in case you want to do. When the did direct- that happen? And when did you guys start doing Apple TV here? It's like let me just drop the the bam on that. So basically, we've got a great package, and. Um with the Direct TV, so that you pay the three months in advance, and uh, you get to take that Apple TV home with you for. And that's yours. That's Keepsies. It's a Keepsies. Okay, I have to say Keepsies because it makes me feel like a, a kid again. Can we go do overs too? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but there's no do over here. It's totally Keepsies. There's no do over necessary. No do over here, but I love that that phrase. Just yeah, by the no, way. I love it too. And I'm looking around. Okay, so I'm trying to stay on mic as I'm looking around the store and be semi-professional. Uh, you have a whole area that's dedicated to wearables. Mm-hmm. Because. Everything is about wearables. Right. And the Internet of Things. I love that. Yes. I love to say Internet You like of saying things. Internet. I've heard you say it before and I love on our it. show. I just want to say it all the time. Yeah. The Internet of Things. <laughs> so professional. Yeah, it's so professional. But the, I love all our wearables. We, You know, the watches and just everything is so connected together. We've got also we have the... Um, the uh, oh, virtual, virtual VR. The VR yeah, gear VR. We, we, we sell the gear, the Samsung gear here in the store. So you can come in here and get your gear. 
and you know, hopefully you stay safe no, out there. Yeah, I know you can't. You shouldn't be moving around with yeah. it too much anyway, unless you're in the privacy of your own home. And for people that don't know this, um, we get to review a lot of cool things on the show. Uh, I've gotten gotten my hands on Oculus Rift. I've gotten my hands on PlayStation VR. All the really super expensive headsets. And I'm here to tell you, I've had as great an experience using Gear VR for what is it under hundred dollars now, um, or at least it used to be. The one that I have was like ninety nine dollars, about right, right. Um, as, as good, if not better, experience on that that I had with six, seven, eight hundred dollar headsets or wow. people that don't. I mean, you have to have a Galaxy S6 and above, I believe, to use the Gear VR. I think you need the S6 line and above that's, to use it. That's correct. But if you pair those two together, the headphone with the, I mean, the uh, the headset, the VR headset with the phone, it's an amazing experience. I don't think people realize until they actually see it. And I guess in a store like this, you can get your hands on one and see it. Absolutely. You can try it out and see if you love it and then take They'll it home it. with you. It's They'll like literally it. being interactive at home, it's all here. The store of the future, they're amazing. And, and they really, and I wish, like, I can't say this enough, I wish I had this next to me because I would be here nonstop. Okay. And if you, well, <laughs> I don't know, no, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm, it's a shameless plug. I know. I is. want more of these stores. I know. And I want to touch back on the, on the wearables for a minute because I think people are used to, I'm going to put on oh, my tool belt and come build you one. Thank you, I appreciate that. I think people are used to when they're thinking wearables, oh, that means Apple Watch, if it's, no. Uh, we're talking about the, you know, the Samsung, yeah. uh, the Samsung wearables as well, LG wearables. The Fitbits. We have a huge selection fitness of wearables, Fitbits. Fitness wearables. Fitbits as well. Yeah, fitness There's wearables, whole, yeah. You know what I was surprised to see? One more thing here. There's an Amazon Echo speaker over there. Mm -hmm. Again, I had no idea you guys sold that. We do. You do. We do. Well, we can wrap one up for you right now. You know what's really cool? Hmm. If you say, hey, Alexa, who's Mitchell Whitfield? Just, Mitchell Whitfield is an American actor. <gasps> it's, a, it's very cool. You're an actor? Yes, I am. So you hear people <laughs> say this. I know, right? But you know what? Some of my friends, I'll put their name in too, and it'll give more of their credits, and I get upset. Like, how come you say uh, he's, a, he's a comedian and a writer? I was like, well, I'm a writer too. So I get very jealous when I know. Alexa, you She's know, where just... she gives props to somebody yeah. more than me. All right. So people can learn more. If they want to learn more about AT&T, Obviously, the stores, the services. Go to att.com. That is that simple. <laughs> Meredith simple. Red joins us on the show. If you've never heard her before, she is wonderful. She has been known as the app chick. She knows everything AT&T, social media. She is everywhere. But most importantly, she comes with us on our show, on your tech report, to talk with us every once in a while. We have to do this more often. We always say that we need to do it more. So we have to have you on. I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to go like a month or so without having some sort of AT&T news from you. We will not. Can we arrange this? We are. It's happening now. It Every happening single now. month, we will not miss it. Okay, we've got a lot this. of news. we got yeah. a lot of news. Well, you guys are always lowering. And by the way, you should go, because we, we talked about it on the radio show as well, that AT&T also has these great unlimited plans, unlimited data plans. The, the, the mobile scheme has gotten so competitive, and AT&T is right there. So make sure you go to AT&T.com, check it out, because you might find out you can get a better plan than you have right now anywhere else on AT&T. How's that for another shameless plug? I love you. Okay, we love you too. Uh, uh, we'll be back uh, pretty soon with Meredith, but for now, thank you for coming back with us. Thank you for having me, of course. Thank you to Meredith Red and AT&T, of course, for that walkthrough. Check out the video walkthrough at YouTube.com slash YourTechReportOnline. And don't forget YourTechReport.com for our latest giveaway, that Funko Disney box. Still to come, the CEO of a very cool company called Iridium. Plus, our Best Buy review of the month is around the corner. There's more Your Tech Report after this. This is Your Tech Report. Yes, it is. I am Marco Flatlow, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield. Welcome back. Mitchell, that was an awesome walkthrough of the AT&T store of the future. I felt like I was there. If you go to YouTube, you can check that video walkthrough. But uh, I felt like I was there with you and Meredith. That, that, that was the idea that you're supposed to feel like you're there. It's funny, you know, Mark, um, you mentioned the YouTube video, of course. Uh, YouTube slash Your Tech Report Online. You can see it there. We've already gotten comments on the video. And somebody, I think one of the comments was, I forgot the username, the comment that said, Best Buy with a question mark? It's like, no. I said, no, it's actually a, a souped-up AT&T store. Yeah. They're pretty incredible. They don't. It's a flagship sort of store that they don't have these store of the futures everywhere. You have to look and see where there's one near you. But I was lobbying. It was so pathetic, Mark. We had an AT&T rep there while we were recording. Uh, and I said, so we're bringing one to Woodland Hills. Can't you get it? She said, I get it. I know you want one near where you live. So they really are incredible. It's a one-stop shop for everything. Cellular, gadgets. It's, it's a really cool place. Don't forget to head to our YouTube channel. Again, youtube.com slash your tech report online. You find out how you can enter to win that Disney Treasures collectible subscription a full year, courtesy full year. of our friends 
at Funko a full year. YouTube.com. No, they don't. YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report online. But Mitchell, as we do, and we haven't done this in quite a while, every month we kind of focus in on one device, thanks to our friends over at Best Buy. Christine Tam hasn't been on in a while. I think we'll we'll have her on in time for Mother's Day. She is due. Yes. Um, But but this month we're going to focus in on a very cool gadget that's been on the market for a while. This is what we call a long term review, and that is the PS4. VR, Sony well, PlayStation VR. PlayStation VR, yeah. yeah, yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation VR. VR. Um, yeah. I mean, overall design when it comes to a product, a VR product, this is actually one of the more comfortable headsets that I've experienced. And I've used the Samsung Gear, I've used the Oculus, I've used the HTC. I think in terms of comfort, they definitely have a one up on everybody else. In terms of gameplay, Wow, this this actually blew my mind, and you're the one who kind of said, "Mark, you, you need to try, you need to try this game." And 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 Ryan in my office here, he's like, "Check out Battlefront and the VR add-on. You may need to take a gravel for the nausea that may ensue, and or wear a diaper from the excitement of alone." And and I want to get back to first what you said about the design of this uh, in terms of VR headsets, and I think Sony has proven that you do not have to spend, and of course now when P- when PlayStation VR first came out I think the competition, <clears throat> the Vive was priced at $899, excuse me <clears throat> and the uh, Oculus was $799 at the time. I think those have both come down since then, but still PlayStation VR is still the least expensive headset out of all the three, well let's say the big four. We have Sony uh, we have Oculus, we have HTC, and on the lower end with price but still high in performance is the Samsung Gear. Uh, and just the build quality, as you said, Mark, to me, this headset blows them all away in terms of comfort, in terms of design. And people might have complained at the beginning, Mark, about the specs of this because, yeah, I think it's running at 120 frames per second, but the one knock people had against it hardware-wise, now we're talking hardware, was the field of vision, that you didn't have the wide field of vision that you do with, let's say, the Oculus or the HTC Vive. But I don't know about you, but when I experience the gameplay, and as, as with everything, Mark, comes down to the software, comes down to the user experience, did you ever feel that you were confined by a slightly smaller field of view left to you know left to right than with the other headphones? I never I never felt that. I, I felt that I was I was immersed. I never felt like I was being cut off. I didn't feel that I was being cheated when it came to field of view. Did you? I, in no way, shape, or form did I ever feel restricted wearing this headset. Okay. I, honestly, okay. honestly, um, uh, it's not just me. It's no, no, not just me. I, I felt it was extremely comfortable. I felt the 3D audio technology, which which comes included, was absolutely phenomenal. I did. Swap out my own earbuds because I'm more comfortable in my own headset. I mean, they also do a very good job at bundling this with everything that you kind of need. Um, right. Setting up was really, really simple. It really was just kind of plug and play. Uh, but, it, but it really comes down to the gameplay and the way that the companies have embraced PlayStation VR. And that Battlefront game is like that first-person point of view, uh, being inside like X-Wing, for example. The, it, it blew my mind. It brought me back to days when I was gaming on my PC and I used to buy these really complicated joysticks and I'd play games like <laughs> so you can feel Wing like you Commander. Control the ship, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd play you know games like Wing Commander and I had two or three screens and it was complicated and expensive to get that kind of feel. Um, but but it's not anymore. I mean, this is, this is an affordable add-on to an already great system and the fact that people are embracing the gameplay the way they are really puts us up a couple notches and I think for those of you that one of the things that Mark is referring to, and if you don't know this, uh, one of the knocks against the more expensive headsets like Oculus and HTC was that they required a higher end PC to run uh, to run the VR, and that's why you'll see a lot of you know computers that are advertising, oh, it's powerful, it's VR ready, because a lot of the specs have to be beefed up on computers to make it run. And that was one of the barriers to you know to entry for consumers. Oh, not only do I have to buy an expensive headset, now I have to buy an expensive computer or upgrade my computer to make it work. Well, that's the beauty. If you have a PlayStation 4 or maybe a PlayStation 4 Pro like I do, you can run this on either one of these and you only need to spend, what, $299 or $399, depending on which model you have, and you know it's going to work. And Mark mentioned one of the one of my favorite experiences, and there are some great games. I think, you know, uh, what is it? My favorite one, I have it right here, is 
um, Rush of Blood, uh, which is, <laughs> I, 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 I got to tell you, this game just blew my mind. It was like a fun house gone bad. Uh, I loved it. But Mark was talking about specifically Star Wars Battlefront. Now, there are a lot of games are putting out additional missions or additions, downloadable content that take advantage of PlayStation VR. Star Wars Battlefront from EA, of course, it was one of their big hits of last year. And they put out the, the solo mission that lets you pilot an X-Wing in this mission design specifically for PlayStation VR. Mark, as soon as I put on that headset, that VR headset, and I turned on the game, it puts you inside a virtual cockpit of the X-Wing. When you close that hatch, I've never felt... I've never been more giddy being claustrophobic because it. But am I crazy? It really gives you that feeling that you are closed into this X-wing that you are sitting in it. I've never had that feeling of such a one-to-one feeling with a game that I was actually in it. That's no, what kind of blew my mind. No, and yeah, that, and that's exactly what blows my mind, especially with just kind of VR in general. Is that because it's blocking out the light and everything that's everything is blocked out in terms of your peripheral and you're only focused on the game. Your mind isn't confused. Your mind isn't. You know, your mind isn't in reality, you know? It's not thinking about what's around you. It's not thinking about monitors and people. And that's why people can scare you when you're playing the game. And when you have the headphones on and you're completely immersed in what you're doing, you you feel like you're in the experience. And if you haven't tried VR before, then you really have to because it really does immerse you into every experience in a way that was never thought possible. And I think even when these games were designed, they were like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do as much as we can. People have big televisions. They've got great computers. We're going to make it feel as, as great as they can. But with a TV in front of you and people around you and your couch and everything else, you you didn't have that experience of being physically in the game. Now you're brought into a game like never before. And when that cockpit closes, not only do you feel a little bit claustrophobic, but you also feel giddy because you're immersed in it. But the ability to just look around, look up, look down and feel like you're floating in space and you're flying the ship. You're in the game. There's no other way to say you're in the game. It's You're nuts. absolutely in the game. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And uh, a couple of caveats here because, and you know, I, I mentioned some other games we enjoyed, like Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Um, there's a Batman game, of course, Arkham VR, that allows you actually to become the Batman, which is also a really incredible, cool experience. Uh, a couple of caveats here. Um, there, if you buy the regular version, uh, which I, I believe is about three ninety nine, uh, you you can enjoy the the experience that way. But you're still going to need the PlayStation, the camera. I believe you're still going yeah, to need to buy the camera important. separately. And this is what, when, the- when Best Buy sent me my kit, I didn't have the camera, nor did I have the uh, the controllers. I can't remember what they call them right now. The PlayStation uh, Move controller. That's yeah. what I was just to say. Yeah, exactly. You I didn't have you those. Don't you don't need those. Need, exactly. You don't need the move controllers to enjoy it, but you do need the camera. The advantage of getting the bundle uh, it, it comes with both two, you know, two move controllers and the camera already packed in. The camera you definitely do need. The move controllers are optional, but for some games, I, I don't know if you played um, Job Simulator, which is a great game that you can also play on PC with the other VR headsets. I actually played it with the with the Sony <laughs> PlayStation VR, and it is a blast. But to enjoy games like Job Simulator, you will actually need two PlayStation Move controllers, which you can buy separately. You can get them used at your local GameStop, wherever you like to shop. But I recommend getting the to get it all at once. It also saves you like 60 bucks. So, Mark, overall, excellent product. My one worry, here's my one worry. I want to make sure that companies will continue to support and innovate and create games specifically designed for the VR experience. We've seen a lot of games that were announced earlier. Suddenly now those games are not necessarily going to happen. I know that has a really nice installed base of PlayStation VR right now for Sony. The question is, will they continue to develop specifically for this platform, or is it going to be a really cool gadget that eventually they'll just say, ah, that was a cool thing for its time, we'll leave it to be what it was, and we're not going to develop for it anymore. I hope they don't do that. Yeah, I think think VR in general is not necessarily picking up as quickly as they expected. I wouldn't classify this as a 3D television, because it's definitely something that people are actively using, and people are actively going out and buying the games, and people are still building the content for it. So I I agree agree with you. As 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 long as they continue to build that content for it, there's going to be a compelling reason to stick with it. And I think the PlayStation VR is one of the ones that you really want to pay attention to because, as you said, you don't need to buy a specific computer to make sure it works. And I think as they embrace it and as they upgrade specs, we've got E3 right around the corner, we're going to see more uses for it and more implications in different games that we're going to really kind of you know drive our way towards PSVR. 
And I will say one last thing. There, there was an issue, of course, at VR in general, people getting nauseous. Uh, this is a real <laughs> issue. This isn't something that some people made up to bang on VR. This is a real thing. Because remember, what you're really doing is when you're, when you're involved, when you're immersed in VR, you are tricking your brain. Yeah. Your, your, your brain knows intellectually that you are not there, but you are... The information your brain is being, you know, fed through your eyeballs tells it otherwise, and it's that disconnect and that movement of your brain and your eyes working in conjunction, being confused, that really causes the nausea. And so, if you want to avoid, uh, maybe you want to, Eve Valkyrie is a flying game. It's a beautiful game, but again, because there's so much turning and changing perspective and quickly moving your head, anything, anything you're going to quickly move your head and change your perspective in game, you are at risk for getting slightly nauseous. Again, I'm not a nauseous kind of guy. I don't. That doesn't really happen to me. A couple of moments in a couple of games with a lot of movement, I could see where it would happen. So just be aware if that's something that, you know, motion sickness or if you're prone to that, just be smart in the way you use the VR. PS VR, PlayStation VR, thanks to our friends over at Best Buy. We're definitely going to get Christine on an upcoming show. We've got Mother's Day around the corner. We've got Father's Day around the corner. We've got summer grilling. I mean, there's so many cool toys. And don't forget to check out BestBuy.com, BestBuy.ca. Lots of stuff online that you can't even find in the store. So it is one of those destinations that you should definitely check out when buying any kind of tech. And again, thanks to them for sending that PlayStation, PlayStation VR. And we're going to continue obviously reviewing games and stuff as, as we continue down this road. Still to come, the CEO of a very cool company. They are launching brand new satellites to help us stay in touch in ways that you might not even have thought of. And his name is Matt Desch, and that company is Iridium. It is your tech report. Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you again. Follow along on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. And of course, YouTube slash your tech report online. There's more your tech report after this. This is your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. As always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles on Twitter. Follow along with us. It is at your tech report, facebook.com slash your tech report. And of course, our YouTube channel, Mitchell, is youtube.com slash your tech report online. I knew that, by the way, just in case you're wondering. I knew that. That's why I do this every show, just to make yeah. sure and put you to just the test. Just to make sure. Uh, Thank you. Mitchell, yes. there's a company that originally, originally launched their service in 1998. Iridium is a company that I think most people would associate with satellite phones. Probably, correct statement, I guess? No, no, absolutely. Absolutely um, true. Funny enough, good fact, the first call on Iridium's network was actually made by the vice president of the United States, Al Gore, to his wife, Tipper. Thanks to technology supplied by Motorola. Now, fast forward many, many, many years, and through various ownership groups and corporate structural changes, we find Iridium today as an extremely major pillar in the communication industry. And when we talk about people being connected 24-7, that concept wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for a company like Iridium. Now, the reason I bring this up is because our next guest happens to be the CEO of said company, and I seeked him out specifically to talk more about the company and its impact on what we know today in terms of communication. And let's bring him on. Let's bring on Matt Desch, CEO of Iridium. Welcome to your tech report. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here because, to be perfectly honest with you, Matt, a couple of months back, I got a press release about Iridium launching the new set of its first new satellite constellation called Iridium Next, which took place back in January on SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket. So I dug a little deeper and I wanted to see what you guys were up to these days because I think consumer perception versus reality is somewhat different. And and given the state of communications today, I, I wanted to see what impact you guys, what you were doing now had on communications as we know it. So I think that the broadest question I could possibly throw your way is, uh, Matt, what's new? (laughs) (laughs) January was a big month for you guys and quite a lot of years in the making. It was, it was. um, Yeah, you know, our network now is getting to be almost 20 years old in May. will be the anniversary of our first launch of our first satellites. And in satellite years, that's really, really old. So it needed to be replaced. And uh, we started that process about nine, ten years ago. Um, It's it's still the world's largest commercial satellite constellation, more satellites than anyone else has, all in low Earth orbit, whizzing around the Earth, all 66 of them, um, 14 times a day, and you know, providing a great service, but we needed uh, to put new powerful ones that would last another 15 to 20 years. So we, we embarked upon that. We do call it Iridium Next. It's a complete replacement or a refresh of our network uh, with all brand new satellites, each of these Satellites is about the size of a Mini Cooper, so they're they're not insignificant. They're about a ton each, and uh, and we're going to launch ten um, ten satellites on each Falcon 9 launch. 
We got our first one off in January, as we said. It was awesome. Uh, all those satellites are operating very well and providing service. And then we got uh, seven more launches in the next 12 months, which is more than anyone else uh, is doing in the industry. So 75 new satellites to replace the 66 ones we have today. And uh, that means a lot of new services and capabilities that, uh, that we haven't been able to do for the last 20 years. You know, higher, higher, higher bandwidth, uh, tracking airplanes. We can talk about all kinds of stuff, but uh, that's really where we've been. And it'll be nice to stop spending money because <laughs> I've been spending uh, three billion dollars in the last seven years to do this. And when you like uh, stop hitting your head with a hammer, it feels really good um, to, to not have to spend that kind of money and to be able to then deploy that and to uh, utilize it for the next fifteen years. And to start reaping the rewards of that money that was invested, of course. Matt, for our listeners that are not familiar with satellite phone service, can you just talk a little about the difference between what people know as traditional cell service versus satellite phone? Yeah, and, and satellite phones was the original service that the service provided going back to 1998. It's uh, a phone that works anywhere in the world. I don't think most people realize that your cell phone uh, only covers a it only works in about 10% of the Earth's surface because that's where cell towers are. The other 90% of the Earth is, yes, water and air and mountains and the North Pole and lots of other places. But even even in places like the U.S., where I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, there's still probably 40% of the land mass that isn't covered with cell phone service. And people don't live there, but you know, trucks go through it, airplanes go over it, um, uh, all kinds of assets, maybe oil and gas pipelines or wind farms or things like that need to be monitored. So um, a satellite phone is important, and these days they're quite a bit smaller than when we started. They they were like uh, that that phone that Maxwell Smart used to use, you know, <laughs> as a big giant big In giant device when we started. Today yeah. they're they're quite small. Um, in fact, a lot of people use our Iridium Go, which is really just a Wi-Fi hotspot that you're your iPhone or Android phone could call through, uh, and they work anywhere on the planet, and you can use them on a boat or on an airplane or um, you know, a- anywhere in the planet where cell phone coverage doesn't happen. But that's, still only, that's only about 30% of our business now, um, and, and while there's new technology coming there and new phones, our, our growth is really in other areas, more in providing internet connections onto ship and airplanes, and, and almost half of our subscribers now of our almost 900,000 devices out there around the world are called Internet of Things devices, or IoT, as a lot of people are calling them. They're, there's no people involved at all. They're connected to a train or a truck or an oil gas pipeline or a buoy or a, something to just create a two-way connection uh, to a machine of some type for monitoring it or tracking an asset or... Or, uh, or doing something important uh, outside the cell phone uh, network. So, and that's where probably more of our growth is going these days. Well, and that's, and that's kind of where I wanted to take the conversation too, because I think that a lot of people don't realize the impact in which your company has on them, because a lot of the impact, as you said, so, you know, uh, uh, the 70% there, um, are things they probably didn't even realize, things that make sure their packages get to where they need to get to and are tracked and, and are protected for insurance purposes, just monitoring, military, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much of Iridium and, and how important that network is uh, around us. So in terms of the network itself, I mean, you're talking about 66 satellites, and that covers 100% of the entire planet, right? Yeah, we're the only network provider that covers 100% of the planet, so there's no no kind of, um, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing that really takes away from where you would be. Nobody, There's no disadvantages to anybody. If somebody sort of selects this, they don't have to say what's your coverage map or yeah. uh, <laughs> everywhere. what countries you work or not work in. We work everywhere. So, so talk to me about, about the experience about launching new satellites, because that seems to me one of these experiences that a, a, a regular, average, everyday Joe is never going to experience that kind of, I think, pressure and that kind of nail-biting experience, watching all this money that is invested put on someone else's rocket ship and being launched into space. I mean, what, <laughs> how is that experience? 
Well, well, thanks for reminding me since I've just now recovered from it since, <laughs> from January, I think. Um, our, insurance, nice our, our insurance will cover any kind of post-traumatic stress, don't worry. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have PTSD from that. No, it was, uh, it was quite exciting, especially for us, because when it happened on January 14th, and, and we launched out of Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is, I mean, most people know Cape Canaveral, but we also launched satellites in this country off the West Coast. When you're polar orbiting like us, which means you're your orbit goes over the poles, uh, you have to launch from the west coast because you can, you can fly south. You can't really do that out of, out of Florida. So we were out there, um, and, and remember, the previous launch of a SpaceX rocket blew up yep. in September, and there were four months there, and we were very comfortable that they'd fix the issue, but that just added to the drama and excitement as you wondered and, and made sure that that wouldn't happen to you. Each of these satellites is probably worth between 25 and $30 million if you kind of divide the con. And then you add in the oh, 60 to $70 million for a rocket. There's a lot of money sitting up on that hill <laughs> on that rocket. And, um, and you know, we only have a one-second launch window because we have to launch to a very specific plane in space because we want to be able to replace specific satellites. So, you know, everything has to be perfect at that moment. The winds can't be too high. And in fact, that morning I'm hearing there's a ship in the ocean that might be cutting through the, the range and, you know, should we fly over it? I'm hearing that an umbilical cord maybe blew off in the middle of the night and they had to put a person up there and replug it back in. So I'm beside myself by the time that they're going, you know, T minus one minute and then, and then counting down. Um, but it's spectacular when it happens. It's such a amazing sight to see this 20-story... Um, device fly up, you know, into space, and then see the booster disconnect and land on a barge, you know, ten minutes later, um, and, and hit an X spot. If anybody's seen it online, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, but but more importantly, to go and then see your satellites deployed one by one. We had ten of them about sixty minutes later come off of a dispenser, and to see their heartbeat, you know, when they came over. Um, Norway, which was uh, uh, the the site, our control site, you know, it's it's an amazing feeling. It was it was just um, there were a few people standing around me, afraid afraid that I might fall to the ground. But I'm, <laughs> if you saw me, I'm quite large. You wouldn't be able to really catch me. I think, uh, but it was it was, a, it was a really awesome day. You know what? I, I mean, just hearing it, I mean, Mark and I are just like, you know, are, we're glowing. The excitement of something like this and the stress, as you said, must have been off the charts. But there's another reason. I'm glad you're telling this story, Matt, because I think the average person, and whether it's the average computer uh, com- person or the average business person, military, whoever, they're just happy. Look, it works. We're happy. We don't need to know how it works. But the average person does not know what goes into making a product and its infrastructure work. And you hear something like this and you realize there are so many years months and years and so many specific things that have to come together in harmony to make this product work, it's good to share this story because people don't know what goes into something like this or a product like this or a service like yours. No, it, it is a lot of work and it was, it was years of development effort because you just don't buy satellites off the shelf. They don't just sort of come off of a line and then you put them into space. They're purpose built for a function and in our case, you know, Normally, you're just building one or two to do something. In our case, we, they have to build 81 of them. So we are building them like cars uh, on, a, on a line, which doesn't happen very often. But they're still, no matter how hard you test them, there are things, you know, the ride to space is quite violent. Uh, it's quite loud. Uh, you know, things can shake off. Maybe it, what if it's stuck to the dispenser after spending all that time and, and money building this structure that would hold them into space. What if it doesn't come off? What if the uh, solar panels don't unfold and, and catch the sun? So, you know, my, my hat's off to the technical team who put all the work and effort to, to build and test them, but they've worked flawlessly ever since they've, uh, when they did come off, they, they worked perfectly. They're working really well today. And uh, we only have 65 more to launch now. So I have to go through this. Is that all? Now. Yeah, yeah, I got to... <laughs> Seven more launches, and uh, the next one's in June, and then we have one in August, and one in October, December, February, you know, et cetera. So we got a lot of launches still planned. Now, Matt, you, you, we, you know, earlier we talked about the fact that the existing satellites that are in orbit are 18 years old now. And when, when those were originally designed, they, I mean, the, the plan was what, a five to seven year shelf life normally on, on a satellite, right? So what do, you, what do you do with these 
satellites that are no longer in commission. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, when they were designed, I mean, back in the 90s, there was this sort of belief that this was going to be so successful so quickly that they would need to replace them. So they really didn't need to build them with to high tolerances. But I, I give uh, the builders a lot of credit, uh, people at Motorola at the time that, that, that did that, because they sort of over-engineered them because they were moving so fast. And they had... and. Uh, and, and they made them very flexible, so we've been able to do a lot of things to them to extend their life and make them work. Now that they're used up, what you don't want them to do is stay in space. We're, we're only 485 miles up, which is very close in terms of uh, satellites. Uh, most people know the International Space Station. It's a little bit below us at about 250 miles, but we're only up about twice as high as that. Most satellites are out there about uh, 25,000 miles away or 50 times further. So our 485 miles, even if we did nothing to those satellites, would stay up there 100, 100 years. So you really got to take them out of space by, we have a lot of extra fuel on them, and as we replace them satellite by satellite, we deboost them. So what we do is we turn their thrusters, we slow them down, we bring them down over a couple of days, making a few burns, uh, and we kind of change their orbit in such a way that over the period of about a year, they'll catch in the atmosphere, and when they do, they'll they'll burn up in the atmosphere, um, and we sort of dispose of them that way, so that there's no debris in space for, you know, hurting any any other satellite assets that anyone else has, or the International Space Station, or anything else. You know, because we have to be good stewards in space with such a big satellite constellation. We just don't want to um, have things that we're not using anymore stay up there for a long period of time. Matt, I, I wish you could see the look because, you know, Mark and I are in two different cities, two different coasts, two different countries, and we're, we're on Skype while we're doing the show together. I wish you could see the look on both of our faces because our jaws are dropped. It looks, it sounds like we're listening to some futuristic or watching a futuristic sci-fi book, novel show. The technology is absolutely incredible. No, it is cool. I, it, <laughs> it's the fun thing about uh, businesses in space is it's about physics and, and things that move and that you can see and you can kind of understand them. You know, I've, I've had my whole career uh, in telecommunications and IT and Internet and everything, and, you know, those boxes have lights blinking on them, but you really don't see them move. Our stuff moves. It moves at 17,000 miles an hour, um, and uh, it does very important things and saves lives as, as it provides connections to people that aren't there, and, and that's exciting. It's an exciting, exciting thing to be part of. Yeah, no, definitely. So let's take it out of the uh, the scientific kind of geeky mode because I think that I could probably stay here for another hour. Um, it, coming back to consumers for a second, you know, we talked about the handsets and how they've evolved, but, you know, much like traditional handsets, you know, they've gotten sleeker, more portable, more accessible, and you said, as you said, the Iridium Go device is like a, a Wi-Fi hotspot. Um, but I think there's a misconception out there that it's it's still extremely expensive to own one of these devices. Can you kind of dispel that a bit? Because I know that thanks to, obviously, enhancements and network, et cetera, et cetera, it's not far-fetched for someone who, you know, ventures out of cell, cell signal more often to actually carry one of these devices. Yeah, no, and, you know, we have oh, 200-some thousand devices out there um, that are, are satellite phone-like devices and many, probably another... Um, you know, tens if not more thousands of devices like the Garmin, Garmin devices that you can buy from a Cabela or an REI or someplace like that to take with you on a, on a hiking trip or camping trip that are hundreds of dollars at most um, and for which probably cost you know, tens of dollars at most per month to utilize and, and provide your connection if you're out um, uh, far away. So it's not really that expensive. When we first started, it were, they were thousands of dollars and cost uh, many tens of dollars per month to run, but they're, they're not like that anymore. Um, a lot of people have them on their boats uh, when they're out of coverage. Um, they have them on, in their airplanes, even small airplanes. Um, they're used by campers, hikers, um, you know, naturalists, obviously scientists. Uh, lots in the hands of first responders. Um, they're not necessarily used every day because there are systems at work, but fortunately our, our ground-based infrastructure blows down in hurricanes or, or storms um, and other natural disasters can do it. So you find that uh, when something really bad happens, we're probably the only thing that works for the first three or four days. 
um, you know, Hurricane Katrina was a big advertisement for us on the South Coast because people never thought something like that would happen. But, I mean, during Katrina, there was something like 250 square miles where there was nothing working. I mean, no cell towers, no ground systems, couldn't even communicate to people as to where to put uh, the generators and things that they were bringing in or where the fuel was needed or what people needed to be saved for so for you know a week or so uh, if it wasn't for satellite phones there wouldn't be anything same in Haiti same in Japan when there was the tsunami so we're, we're definitely known in disasters but more and more I think people are taking us on the road with them as a safety device um, I know a lot of executives are sort of with some banks and other countries companies are sort of required to take them along so that they, uh, in critical business, um, uh, can be reached. And um, and you find a lot of people, you know, there's like a lot of applications now that don't even have a satellite phone. It'd be like a man down application where you're in a hazardous environment. You got a little device that you just push the button to let people know that, you know, you, you're, you're safe. You know, it doesn't take much. Um, the technology isn't really that large and can be packaged into very small devices that can be embedded in a truck or carried along. In fact, in the military, they're looking to sew trackers and things like that into the uniforms of, of uh, deployed infantry so that you can really see where everyone is. Um, you know, our, our technology is being uh, it, it's utilized to send information, even to protect the GPS systems right now, provide an alternative timing signal because that's a that's a fragile sort of thing. So um, I don't even know all the ways that our technology <laughs> is being deployed because there's hundreds of companies that are sort of now taking us and putting us in things, and because uh, we don't really sell our technology directly to the to the consumer, it really kind of goes through a lot of technology partners who really just want a network that they can kind of plug into and, and provide their customers uh, information. Well, I wanted to wish you all the best of luck with the future launches. I mean, we're excited to see all these new kind of uses, especially with the new Constellation once it's fully up and running. I mean, I think the future really is limitless in terms of the different applications that we can see uh, in the future. And I want to thank you for honestly taking the time to join us because you opened our eyes a bit, and I wish we could probably talk for another couple hours about, you know, all the all the physics element of it and the space element of it, but uh, our listeners probably get bored of us by now. Matt Dash, the CEO of Iridium, we are definitely going to follow that up with some cool hands-on with their Iridium Go wireless data device plus some phones later on this summer thanks for listening this week i'm mark aflalo on behalf of mitchell whitfield we want to thank meredith red matt desh from iridium at&t best buy our best buy review of the month the ps4 vr check that out at the nearest best buy location and do click to your to get all the details on our very cool disney Funko giveaway. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we the perfect, perfect podcast, podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.